Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome back to Leafs Late Night, and um, like I said, I'm moving this weekend. I said I was going to be in a new studio, but uh, I'm in my kitchen at my new place because I don't have internet set up yet. I want data. I'm on my headphones. But we're bringing you an episode anyway because that's what we do. Uh, I'm here with Southey and Beaner on the Leafs Late Night, where it's never too late for the Leafs, presented by Inside the Rink. This is very disorienting. I've never done this with noise-canceling headphones in before. I <laughs> do not like it, and I never want to do this again. <laughs> And you never will. How you guys doing? No, never again. No, we're doing good. Tough little loss tonight, but other than that, having a pretty good day. Yeah, yeah not too bad. I mean, a little Christmas get together today with the with a bunch of friends. So oh, good for you. How lovely, lovely. I'm hoping to do something like that once we get unpacked here. But it was a successful moving day. Got the truck uh, loaded up and over here and unpacked. And I say about. Six to seven hours start to finish. Not bad. Not bad. In that rainy hurricane um, weather we had here in Ottawa? Yeah, man. Driving a U-Haul in 70, 80 kilometer, kilometer an hour wind gusts was not fun. Uh, those aren't no, fun to drive on a good day. Also, they're not super waterproof. I don't know if you guys have moved <laughs> in the rain before, but I'm waiting for my couch to dry. So <laughs> That's a thing, lovely. really? Yeah, man, the roofs are not, like, completely sealed, so it, like, leaked in on the top of it, and just one spot got wet, and of all the things to get wet, it was the couch. I know. Anyway, Leafs lost uh, in overtime, surprise, surprise, because uh, for some reason, three-on-three has been the death of this team for absolutely no reason. No explainable reason, because, like we've talked about every single time this happens, um, they should be three on three better than any other team. I mean, obviously the Lightning yeah. have a couple a uh, couple big names there, but uh, come on, guys, what is happening, Beaner? If to to be fair, this isn't the same as the previous OT losses. Not to harp on him because he did have a pretty good game, but Murray should have had that shot. That's yeah. what I said in the group chat as well too. Not to knock Murray because I think he had a great. Like a really good regulation game, but he needed to have that save. Yeah, and it all starts with Matthews' turnover in the offensive zone, so it's a little bit, uh, a little bit on everybody there. Matthews takes some heat, and uh, Murray should have had that. I know there's arguments on both sides, and uh, Sadie and I talked about it before, and I agree with Sadie that it's, you know, they both got to have that. So, uh, an unfortunate L in OT again. Linot, A point in how many consecutive games now, though? It's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, speaking of points in consecutive games, Mitchell Marner cracks the record 19 games with not only a point, not only a goal, but a shorthanded goal and a power play goal? Mitchie, come on, buddy. Just serving it up. Uh, an absolutely stellar game from him. I mean, I think everybody had some some great moments, but he was somebody that was really, you could tell, like I, the last couple nights it's been, you know, he's trying not to let the, the streak get to him. But I think now that it was about setting a new record, you could tell he was really like, I'm getting this point and I'm scoring. Like he was chasing that one. From the, from the second the puck dropped at the beginning of the game, he was actually like rushing the net, trying to score. Almost had one too right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah he, he was cooking tonight. He was very deliberate in his play. Like he had the utmost confidence that we've seen maybe all season for this guy. And that's saying something coming off like 18 point game, 18 point streak rather. But uh, yeah, he was, he was a beast tonight, man. It's something to watch. 18 point game. What is this? Seattle and LA? No, no. I said 18 (laughs) game streak. I corrected myself. I know. Guys, guys. Why do you got to jab me like that? I'm jabbing Seattle and LA, man. Nine eight game. Guys, the Leafs the Leafs led the game in hits. Why didn't they win? Come on. 
<laughs> they let in a lot of things. Two shots. Time on attack. Penalty minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys are going to have to help me out here because, I, like I said, I don't have internet, so I'm just doing this off my phone tonight. Uh, what were the final penalty minutes tonight? 16 to 14 for the Leafs. Mm, love that. We love an entire half an hour, entire half of the game worth of minutes of uh, not five on five hockey. That's what we all come out to watch. The refs just like really wanted to be their own team tonight. They just wanted to make themselves known. One of those. They did, and, and and it wasn't even really in favor of either team either. Like, it screwed both no. teams over. No, it, it kind of really took away from the flow of the regulation game, too. I thought it was more about a special team game at that point, which is a little unfortunate because these two teams, when they match up, it's been the first time since the playoffs last year, and you kind of want to see what they can do at regulars, uh, regulation strength. Well, and when you Absolutely. come off of a seven game series against them, right? Like where the whistles kind of go away. I mean, obviously there were quite a few calls in that seven game series, but nothing compared to like what we saw tonight. So, I mean, you've got a history of playing a certain way against each other. And I think both teams kind of came out with the same intensity and uh, the refs wanted to really reel it back. And uh, man, I don't know if it's, you, you blame the players for not taking the hint early on or it's on the refs for just really riding the whistle tonight. But I mean, if they, if they send a message that early, that they're going to call everything. The guys should be adjusting, though. But some of the calls were pretty controversial. That's tough. A, a little. I, I don't. I don't think you'd want to get too too into changing the game based on the refs. Like I, I get what you're saying, but that that sets a dangerous precedent, right? You want to just try to focus on on your game and try to play the way you want yeah. to play. And if the refs are calling it tonight, well. That's going to suck, but this is our style of game. This is how we built the team. This is how we practice. I still think we can win this way in spite of that. Agreed. And I thought it was like one of the most playoff style games they played this year. It really felt like it was the intensity was wrapped, like ramped up a lot this game. Yeah, and I mean, look, Kucherov has been on almost as much of a heater the last couple of games as as Marner has been. I mean, not to take away at all from Mitch's streak, but you're up against a, a very tough team regardless of their position in the standings right now. So that like they're trying to fight off their their bad start the same way the Leafs are. So like this was going to be a tough game, and it just sucks that it went to overtime because of like we said, the Leafs' record at OT has just been absolutely garbage. Okay. Not Thank to, God there's no three on three in the in the playoffs. Yeah, no kidding. Not to not to ride on the negatives too much because obviously there were some positive things tonight. Um, Willie William Nylander has just been on fire this year. He's on pace for 44 goals. Like this kid has silently become. Uh, how do I put this? You hear all the time when people hate on him, and as soon as he starts playing well, the Talk on Nylander just goes silent, and it's like, that's when he thrives. <laughs> yeah, he picked up his 14th goal of the campaign so far. Like, this guy has been one of the most reliable offensive players on the team so far this year. Even, I dare say, more than Matthews. I know Matthews is going to pick it up and find it, but, like, Nylander has been something that you can really, really rely on, and his defensive play has been pretty good, too, this year. So it's an encouraging sign going forward for him. No kidding. He's uh, definitely playing for some more money. <laughs> How's that contract looking now? Right. Right. Might be might be a little early to be playing for more money, though, unless he can keep this up. I, I, I think he can. It seems like he's turned a corner. He's a lot more reliable. He's, like you said, he's more defensively responsible. He's, he's to be trusted so far this year, which is I really, really like to see. Hello, Kitty. <laughs> this is my kitten, Maisie. Uh, so on defensively reliable, the the one player who I think really stood out on that front tonight was Nick Robertson. Oh my god! Like that hit that he threw in the first period after taking a massive shot that was somewhere in the range of ninety five miles an hour. Like, come on, this guy. Everybody's been asking for him to play. His brother is now leading the league in goals. Like, is this? Are we going to see him keep this play up? Do you think this is something that he's able to? Uh, ride off of you know a good game like this finally 
we've we've gotta like we talked about it a little last episode we've seen the the big improvement in play with the defense core with yep. not having to worry about you know looking over their shoulder to see if they're going to get benched the next game and you can kind of see the same with Nicky Bobby it's been a couple games now and he's bringing his entire game he's not just trying to end up on the score sheet he's making sure he's doing everything and people are gonna you know comment on his skating well okay he's not the greatest skater in the world it looks a little awkward neither is Tavares no Tavares has been great there's been plenty of skater or players in the NHL that have had amazing careers without being the greatest skaters even Mark Stone everybody says he's not the greatest skater you guys live in Ottawa you've seen him like he still gets the job done. He's still a very valuable player. And this kid, with his size and his build, he's actually a little deceptive when it comes to hitting because he's got such a low center of gravity. I think he can catch a lot of players off guard. As silly as that sounds, just it he can play the body a lot better than people think. Yeah, and I think given like a constant role in this lineup, he's only going to improve. Like This kid has the complete package. Like you said, it's getting that maybe leaves a little bit to be desired, but... He's going to figure that out. And his overall game is so impressive compared to everyone else who's in and out of the lineup that you got to keep him in, right? His his high-end skill is so much better than everyone else. And I think his ceiling is way, way higher than everyone else's too. So when Kelly Arncrow comes back in a couple of weeks here, who do you, uh, who would you take out to keep Robertson in? Beaner? Um, right now, I'd, I'd have to say Kerfoot. <laughs> as like as crazy See, as it is, it's it's a toss up between Kerfoot and Engvall. And lately, the past handful of games, Engvall's looked a little better. Overall package, I do like what Kerfoot brings. A you know more than what Engvall brings because Kerfoot has that little bit of edge to him, whereas Engvall he almost never shows it. Yeah, Engvall's got the size. He's got the strength. He never uses it ever, and, and that's fine if you're not going to bury. Like Camp doesn't score all the time, but you know when Camp's out there, he's going to do what's expected of him every shift. Exactly. He's a faceoff guy and he's a defensive guy. Kerfoot, you never know what he's going to do. He try. He does try. I give him that, but it's it's not working for him right now for either of those two. It's it's really a toss up between them, but. A, they're, they're not going to bench either of them, so we can call it out, but it's going to end up being, well, right now, Simmons. Yeah. Simmons yeah, I was Mountain wondering about Simmons good. playing tonight. Simmons had a, a pretty so-so game, I would say. Um, I mean, he obviously hasn't played in a while with the team, but I just, I don't know what we're, we're doing here with him. Do we Do we keep him in the lineup for these kinds of games against Tampa? Like, he's almost getting to the point where I don't, I don't know if benching him for 10 games in between all these physical matches is like worth even bringing him back for. Like he's becoming the Chris Neal of the Leafs at this point. Like just bring him into fight. It's like, what, what are we doing? It's 2022. He is. Um, the only thing with, with him, it, it's like, I, I almost want to say it's like a, a nod as like a, a favor to him. Hey, it's not working out. We thought you had, you know, a handful more games left in you, but we're not just going to make you ride the pine down in the minors. We'll keep you around the club, earn an NHL salary, and we'll give you a game here and there. Right? It's maybe it is, maybe that's not what it is, but who knows? Maybe he can get into one of these games and do something that someone's going to want to trade for him, and then he can get at least get a spot. Not that I want to see him go. I love the guy, but he deserves to be playing. That's what I mean. I love the guy. He's going to play some. Yeah, go ahead. I don't. I just don't see him having like a regular or even semi-regular spot on this lineup. Like you said, what's he going to do? Drop the gloves once in a while? That's not really going to make or break this team at this point. We need someone who's going to be consistently in the lineup and who's going to get the constant reps. And I don't think Simmons is that guy. And as much as I love him, because I really do, I think his play has dropped off and off this season. That it's warranted that he you know let's bury him in the minors or let's trade him yeah and i mean he took that interference call i mean some would say it was a, a kind of so-so call but it was on a, a pretty good scoring chance that the leaves had so it's just you know i i get what he can bring it's just i think the 
when, where and when is starting to diminish a bit. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's tough to say what to do with them because especially what I wanted to say was that Michael Bunting has kind of taken on the role that we wanted Simmons to be when they brought him in. Like Bunting has really emerged as kind of that, that asshole that draws penalties and makes other players make mistakes and, and get angry and, and still brings an offensive edge and can be a playmaker supporting the top guys. And I think that's kind of, that's what Simmons was and, and they hoped he still had a bit of, but I mean, now that Bunting is that guy, do you really need to keep playing Simmons? Which raises Especially another when, like, question. Rips, 50 contracts. If, if, if Bunting is that guy, is he really like our number one winger? Do we want an agitator or someone who's going to piss off people like on the number one line? Like, Brad Marchand. That's a pretty good spot for Nicky Bobby. I I also think that having someone like that on, on the first line could be really good, especially with the way we've seen Keith coach. Like he's not afraid to throw the Matthews line out there against the Crosby line or against the Stamkos line or yeah. right. Like they'll he, take he's good with matching. Exactly. He's, he's good with matching them up. He's not trying to insulate them. So if you can have someone who is still a contributor on that line, but also can get into the face of some of the other stars and kind of get them off their game. I think that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. And look for the second time now we saw Bunting get into it with two players sending both of them to the box. And I tweeted, like, this is some ability he unlocked leveling up. Like, he upgraded some stat <laughs> from some, some you know, leveling up tree of assholeness in hockey. Or <laughs> he's now able... The, the description was, like, when you would normally draw a penalty from one player, you can draw from two... You can use... Spend one of these points to draw from two players. So, yeah, this new ability is pretty good. <laughs> it's a hugely you need, valuable asset. You need your office set up. With a soundboard with the Mario mushroom power-up noise there. <laughs> oh, man, I know. That would be sick. That's what I need. That's what's missing. I don't have the soundboard. It's really annoying. I'll add it all in post. So, it's not a bad um, problem. We saw some. No, not at all. Um, so another thing, craziness that happened tonight was goals getting called back. Because we haven't seen any of that this year. So first of all, we got no point for point as uh, a goal gets called back for offside. This was way offside, but um, happened clearly offside. Kind of in a little bit of a. It was clearly offside, but happened in enough of a scramble that in the moment it was missed. So this is kind of one of those times when offside review is useful, right? Like the refs didn't see this. Most people watching the game didn't really, and then as soon as they saw the replay, they're like, "Oh, that's blatantly offside." Like even the commentators were like, mm, maybe it did. Oh no, never mind. That is very much, <laughs> very much offside. So, good call there, and a good challenge by the Leafs. Very good challenge because it's tough on the ref sometimes. Like players get stacked up, you can't quite see where the puck is. There's a skate in front of it. Everything. That's why you have this review. So yeah, I was happy to see it actually go in the Leafs' favor here because it's quite quite clearly offside. And like that, that's. Like we've talked about before, this type of call is the reason why this review rule was brought in. Exactly. Not the not the half an inch offside. Like that was a full, like a, a full foot offside, a full skating stride offside. Yeah. Oh, at least yeah. Uh, oh, and I just wanted to follow up from uh, my comment about the uh, the World Cup calls and how they were able to do those like three D renderings of how people were offside so quick. And uh, it's obviously, if you guys have been online, you've seen it's because they put trackers in the balls to make it easier to do this. So there's these images going right offline of the balls all hooked up to a, a power bar with USB cables charging all of them. Like it's a bunch of phones <laughs> in, uh, in like a Tim Hortons in like Muskoka or something where everyone's charging their phones. <laughs> I feel like they've talked about oh, this in show, like putting trackers in the puck and in the lines too, but... Obviously, it's we haven't seen this yet. Well, they have the one in the puck that shows how fast the shots are. Like that's how they're able to, as soon as people take the shot, say like, "Oh, it was you know however many miles an hour." Mm -hmm. But I think there they was were supposed to incorporate something that else with that lines as well. Yeah, there was something in it, and it wasn't working properly. So they recalled all the pucks, or it like threw something off with them, or it was. I'm, I don't know if I'm mixing this up with baseball, but I remember they put something in it, and it was either the player said that it altered it too much. Or it just wasn't working, so they recalled them. Hmm. Yeah, you had players like Spezza 
like we all know Spez is a hockey geek. Like the guy knows his stick's going to break four and a half games before it breaks. Like <laughs> he would stick handle with one of these pucks with the tracker in it. And he was, nope, nope, something's off. So I want to say it was the the bubble season, like when they did the, the rearranged divisions, where they did the first half of the year or something like that with the tracker pucks. That sounds about right. Uh, my Tavares goal puck is actually one of the tracker pucks. And really? Oh, then, nice. then they stopped. And I, I, as far as I know, I didn't think they were using them again this year. Yeah, I feel like it's good technology if you can get it right, and like the players are, you know, happy with how the puck feels and everything. So, but yeah, so but because I am who I am, I've actually done an internship before with a company that was doing tracking on this stuff. Um, but that was at the same time my wife was pregnant and about to give birth to my son. So needless to say, I had to give something up. Um, but while I, I was doing that, it was it, it was really neat to see <laughs> how how it was done. So we were we were using the equipment on um, like an intramural league at a university, and the system it was very very crude and very very like um, primitive because it was so new. But rudimentary. It was really yeah. It was it was really cool to see like because so we installed a tracker on all the players' jerseys, and then oh, they cool. had trackers in the pucks. Oh, yeah. So basically we had the program up in front of us and then there was multiple ones of us as well who were sitting there with a pen and paper trying to make sure everything was accurate. All in real time. And yeah. So that like imagine a company that has the millions and billions of dollars that the NHL can throw at it. It's it's definitely doable. Um, I just I don't really know what the holdup is. I mean, I guess it's, it's just getting it right. It's like these ad boards, you know, they didn't do it for a couple of years until it was, you know, really possible. Because we, pardon me, you see it in other sports a lot uh, sooner before we saw it in the NHL. And, and not that it doesn't have its its issues, but I think it's just because of the speed of hockey. Uh, it's, yeah. it's tough to get these these real-time tracking things to work. Yeah, because you need them Cause to be I mean, right like a soccer ball's never, time. Yeah, like a soccer ball's never traveling 100 miles an hour, really. And not every single time someone's taking a shot. That's fair. So the other goal that got called back, we're going to do this all out of order just because we're talking about callbacks. The distinct <laughs> kicking motion. This is one that's tough because um, it's clearly a kick, but on any given day, this could be a goal or not a goal. Like we've seen absolutely no consistency with the distinct kicking motion. So I, it's just like a toss up every time this goes to review. So Tavares gets shoved down by, I believe Ian Cole. And as he's going down, he kind of sweeps, not kind of, he very purposefully and evidently sweeps his foot into the puck and kicks it into the net. Uh, this is tough. Obviously, you know, Sadie, like you said, if I'm Tampa and this happened, I would hate it. So I thought, like I, just... I said in the group chat, I thought it was clearly like no goal. As he was going down, his foot was going forward first. He clearly directed in. There was a kicking motion. If that happened with Tampa and it counted, I'd have been so pissed off. So I thought they made the right call on the ice there. But it just comes back to the what is the rule for the distinct kicking motion? So players aren't like literally kicking at it and having their their skate come off the ice. So like, but you can deflect it in and off of anything, like any part yeah, of your body it, except for that. So it if wasn't you're, like a soccer like kick. Bringing, it, was, it was a huge direct. Like it, he slide. He slid his foot. He slid his foot to direct it. Is that a kicking motion? Yes. I think so. I don't it's know. not a kicking motion, but he's still directing it into the net. Like I think it just comes down I, to the definition of distinct kicking motion, right? Like the whole thing is that you don't want guys taking a full on like soccer kick and their blade comes up and they slice the goalie. Like, like if someone took a slap shot and it hit your skate and you deflected it in, like you angled it in, that's going to count. But if you start pushing it forward and moving it that way, then I think it's no goal. And that's ba- what I think basically. He did. This, aside from the fact that he fell on his ass as he did it, this is essentially the same motion that Eric Holla did in the Devils game when the goal got called back. 
because Hala was his skate was kind of sideways like that, and he was pulling his skate forward, and it's it's the exact same motion. The only difference is Tavares' skate continued going forward and up as he fell down because his foot got swept out from under him. Now, for the most part, I think as long as the skate stays on the ice, it's it's going to be counted hundred percent as it's on the ice. You can you can argue the safety issues not really a problem because the blades on the ice. You're not you know these guys have knives on their feet. You don't want people <laughs> yeah. purposefully putting that exactly. in there trying to swing it with force. Um, so it, it it sucks, and I I can see the logic behind it. Yes, he was pushed. He was falling down. But he's a professional athlete. There was some muscle control doing. there. <laughs> Like oh, yeah. I said, if your if your I mean, skate that's... doesn't come up off the ice and you angle it in, you deflect it in in a certain way, that's not a kicking motion. But once you start moving your foot to have like forward progress on the puck, that's it's no goal. Like it's it can't be a goal. Okay, new argument: Can you get simultaneously a holding the stick call and a hooking call? Because <laughs> this is absolutely. <laughs> No one has ever seen. This is the equivalent of embellishment and tripping. It's you dove, but you were also tripped. You were hooked, but you were also holding the guy's stick. It's. I get that it can happen. I've just never seen it called on both of them before. Because it's like every time someone is hooked, the guy is holding the stick. And every time someone's holding the stick, they are holding it to get themselves hooked. So they always call one or the other. It's not both. It's either the person who's holding the stick is trying to make it look like they're being hooked, or the guy who's hooking them is trying to con- like continue the hook to happen by holding the stick there. Yeah, like yeah, you, you can't have both things happen. You had the hook to get up there, so then you'd be saying, "Well, you know, I wasn't hooking him; he was holding my stick." Well, what was your stick doing there in the first place? Exactly. Right. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Here, it's yeah impressive that they actually called them both up. at the same time. Yeah. It's just so silly. I, so much of this game was like spent talking about officiating and tweeting about fucking. The refs had a pretty big so impact fun. on this game. No kidding. Like I they mean, did. the Lightning's. We had the Leafs luckily getting a shorthanded goal. Like Mitch, I I can't believe he got that one shorthanded. It's beautiful. But I mean, look, the Leafs were short for that one, and then the Lightning got two power play goals with like 13 and 17 seconds left or something. And then yeah. like just in the dying, dying, dying minute. So all the calls made this like a special type of game. Yeah. Frustrating. Frustrating. So this is the first time the Leafs were able to, uh, well, I guess they didn't win it. So I don't know if this counts, but the first time they came back from uh, being down in the third period, but yeah, it's in the second, but yeah, send it to OT and that's it. Everybody predicted it's like as soon as it goes to overtime, it's like who's starting? Doesn't matter because they're gonna lose it. Anyway, Which is asinine to me. Yeah. Beating a dead horse with OT. I don't even know what else to say anymore. Um no, some other weird say. calls. Any other weird calls this game we want to touch on? No. None that really come to mind. As a weird no. call. Um, real quick, because we're going to lose Sadie in a few, and we're going to keep this sh- a short epi. Um, Mesh Varner, is he going to be in, like, is there going to be a statue of him in 50 years out front of, like, what are we, what are we watching happen here? Are we witnessing, like, somebody put themselves in the history books, like, alongside all, you know, Sittler and Keon and like these kinds of names like is this number are we going to see 16 up in the rafters like is that what we're we're in the midst of right now we're we're getting pretty damn close like i i said in our our group chat the other day i'm a weirdo i've got lists of everything on my computer so i've got a list that shows all time leafs points so you know 1 to 25 of goals assists points and then the five closest active players yeah and matthews and marner are are in eighth, eighth place yeah matthew's eighth for goals marner eighth for assists and then before tonight they were both tied for 12th for points so 
unreal. Think of how think of how long the, the like the team's been around. Like with Matthews for goals, the seven players in front of him, Sundin, Sittler, Keon, Ellis, Vive, Mahovlich, and Armstrong. That's it. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy. With Marner, like for assists, the only one ahead of him who's not in the hockey hall of fame is Thomas Copperley. Yeah, that's wow. crazy. If if these guys win a cup, they're gonna both have statues. That's all there is to it. And that's pretty much one of the biggest deciding factors of what we're talking about right now. Because as Wiener said, they are on pace point wise to just eclipse everybody who's ahead of them. Because they're so young, they're so talented. And if they stay on the Leafs roster, they're obviously going to do it, but it's ultimately going to come down if they can win a cup. And if they do, these guys will have statues bigger than the fucking CN Tower here. And look, we saw this huge fanfare for Stamkos for his thousandth point, and that's kind of what separates him from them. Like he's got the the heart, the rocket. He's he's kind of done the same things. He's got all the same hardware, except he's, he's got, got the jewelry. Tops. Exactly. And, you know, Leafs Nation hates when the broadcast is all about the guy on the other team. But, like, this is one of those cases where the guy on the other team has done it. And yeah. it sucks, but they did. So it's something to kind of look at in a positive way of, like, you know, Stamkos has been with the team this long and led them to this, you know, just stick and, with and not to mention, like, he's had a tumultuous career, too, with all his injuries and everything, too. Like, was he going to go to Toronto? Was he going to go here and there? And, like, this guy came through, and he was the biggest cog in what they've done. So if the Leafs well, players like Matthews and Marner can do that, it's, yeah, these guys are going to be enshrined forever. Look at what Tavares, or not Tavares, Stamkos went through in 2016, right? Before the Olympics. The guy had that nasty leg injury. Yeah. Missed the Olympics. Or 20. I'm getting my years mixed up. Got a broken fucking leg. Whenever. Anyways, um, the the Sochi Olympics. Yes. He he broke his leg, couldn't play. He comes back from that, and then he has blood clotting issues. Like scary shit. Almost career ending stuff. Yeah. And then just continues to go out and. Had his best season last year at what 34, 35 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we, we have was, a I think capability Chris, with our players. Yeah, and I think it was Chris Johnson who was saying that like with Stamkos and Crosby, it's it's almost insane that they, they made it to this point. <laughs> it's almost we'll never know. <laughs> No, but like to your point, like the stuff that Samkos went through, like it's incredible. But I think Matthews and Marner can reach that type of level if they do win even just one cup in Toronto. Like, imagine how they're going to be immortalized. Yeah, and even if you just look at it as Toronto as a franchise, these two players are already that high in the list. Yeah, that legends row. I love history. But the Legends Row statues, there's multiple players in that Legends Row who never won a cup for us. No, and they're still exactly. looked at as gods. Like games played wise, these guys have already played a lot more games than a lot of people think. I believe they're both already have more games played than Gilmore. I yeah, they have. Um, and just it's it's really quite remarkable, and I I don't think ever, we all fully appreciate the the golden era of talent that we're seeing right now because it doesn't come around all the time and of anybody we should realize that because of the bullshit we've had to put up with as Leafs fans over the last 50 years no kidding and like golden era is for sure true but like these guys and it always comes down to this right like we have to show it in the playoffs and once they do that they're gonna get through this door and everything will be a little different we got a little dirty brother coming in here, I think. What's going on, fellas? Oh, oh he's he's trying. He's For anybody that doesn't it. know, Roscoe disappeared on us. Oh, jo- oh, oh shit. Oh, oh, came the Roscoe's time. back. Okay, so... Suddenly meter show was a little fun for me. <laughs> My phone overheated. <laughs> so it kicked me off. <laughs> so that's going to be that's fun. Awesome. With you boys coming back in, this is a, a safe time for me to take my exit. 
I thought we played a hell of a game. We deserved a little better tonight. There's positive things to take away from this game, and uh, I wish you, gentlemen, good luck for the rest of this pod. Thanks, Sally. Have a good one. Have a good one, Sally. Adios. We should have some outro music for. So, him. Johnny, we were just uh, we were just touching on um, what we were talking about with regards to Matthews and Marner, and that even if you just look at at it with a, a franchise, like there's people on Legends Row for the Leafs who have have you know have never won a cup, and they're still looked at as legends, as gods. So with with where these players are, even without a cup, like we're in the golden era of of Leafs skill and Leafs players that I don't think a lot of us realize we are. Yeah, and I, I think the reason that people have a hard time quantifying it like historically against all those guys is because of the salary cap era. Like it, it just all comes with the asterisks of, yeah, but they're paid this much. And the reason that they can't fill out the rest of the lineup is because they're paid this much. It's like the other guys through history never had to deal with that. Even Sundin didn't really have to deal with that. So it's, it's just tough that I think that's the reason that they aren't, I don't know, that they kind of get the short end of this sometimes it seems. I don't know. What do you think? Am I crazy? No, you're, you're not the like fandom has just completely gone ape shit over the past 20, 30 years because you start getting salaries leaking out of what players are making and players are that much more accessible now. So it's not just, Hey, this guy's a professional athlete. Like there's Jean Boliveau, there's George Armstrong, Dave Keon. They're an incredible athlete. Look at what they can do on the ice. And that's all you know about them. Like we know Mitch Marner's dog's name. We know what they do on off days. Like it's, it, it it's awesome in a way. Like it's really neat. Because a lot of times it shows that these guys are just as eccentric and weird as all of us are. But on the other hand, it's maybe it's it's lost a little bit of the the mystical appeal of your hero or your athlete that you idolize, right? I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but no, it does. Just because I think they, today's day and age, there's a lot of the parasocial relationship with people in social media and like people that you follow and things. So there's this idea that like the players owe something to you because you're a fan of the team and because you support them and you are, you know, part of what I think people now quantify themselves as like the, the reason that like as fans, we're the reason you get to do what you do. So you owe this to us. Like we bring attention to you. We're the ones that buy the tickets. So you owe us this. I think that's kind of a newer mentality of sports fans. I mean, I'm young, so I can't really speak to what it used to be, but I feel like that's something that's newer. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Um, it's just, it, it's so, it, it'd be so interesting to get to, to, you know, copy and paste someone from one of the older generations. Like even, even a Sundin that you don't have to go back crazy far or Gilmore or uh, type. Oh, can you imagine Ty Domi with all the media and social media you have now? Um, yeah, yeah. Like, can you imagine some of the trouble he would get himself into and some of the stories? It was pretty bad it's back then, though. A Bean, completely like... <laughs> different landscape. <laughs> the penalty box fiasco. Vaguely Are you saying that Jordan Bennington would be a superstar in the early two thousands? Jordan Bennington probably would have been praised and idolized way back when if you didn't have as much social media following him around because you would have looked at him as another Ron Hextall or, you know, Billy Smith, just one of these goalies who's such a competitor and such a battler. Instead of now we see every angle of everything, we realize he's just a shithead. He's a clown, and now two games in a row, Stahl and Zuckery takes down with literally a blind cheap shot to the head, like... Nobody's expecting the goalie to throw a blocker to your dome or the glove to it, like as you come by. Like that's just so dangerous. Oh, sorry, darling. Not only that, like, there, I'm a goalie. Um, I'm a goalie, but if you're gonna be doing shit like that, like it's open season. Oh yeah. If 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 I'm if I'm throwing blockers at people, I'm fully expecting to get hit. So I just I. 
I never want to say I hope someone gets hurt and I don't hope he gets a ma- nasty injury or something, but I would love to see like Stahl let up even when Stahl ran him over. Like he didn't, he didn't throw all his weight into a, a typical body check if, as if he was hitting someone. Like, I just want to see like Brady Kachuk or someone just go around the net and Bennington's there. Oh, looks like you're coming at me. Okay. Well, here's a real hit. Like just, just level him, or no, yeah. Beaner. Honestly, uh, I'd like that, to see with him, that freshly him and Kadri go, go for round two. With that freshly shaved face, Beater, you don't look a day oh, over not... twelve. So I don't know. I think you still need to be wearing the stop sign on that jersey. <laughs> no hits from behind, all right, Beater. Yes, I. Uh... Oh, d- definitely not. Tell that to Kucherov, the dirty son of a bitch. Yeah, no kidding. That hit on Hall was dangerous. And how about Stamkos with the nonchalant hip to the head of Murray? Like, this team has historically been a little dirty, and I don't think anybody ever really talks about it too much. Kucherov's a dirty player, Point's a dirty player, and Stamkos is a dirty player. Now I get it. You got to be a little... You got to have a little bit of an element of that to your game, but... I don't know. Sometimes I think they take it a little too far. I feel like Killorn's yeah, definitely a really I mean, dirty player, Curry too. Like, I, mean, I, I heard both of you at the same time and didn't understand a word either of you said. <laughs> this delay is killing us. No, I was just saying Corey Perry as well on there. And uh, Darty said Alex Killorn, which I also agree with. Um, I mean, I think that the oh, they yeah. just they get a pass for the skill, but it's like I I get playing hard and playing physical, but a lot of the stuff they do verges on dangerous a lot of the time. Like, and it's that it's stuff like that where I just I don't know it crosses a line from being competitive to just wanting to hurt somebody, and I've seen too much of that from Tampa, and it just rubbed me the wrong way. Didn't Kucherov try to like kick one of the Leafs in the series last season? Um, I don't remember. I didn't get to watch a lot of it because I was working through it and watching on the phones. But um, I just honestly, that, that hit on Hall was really bad because, I mean, Kucherov knows who Justin Hall is and there's no reason for him. Like, Hall was not seeing him coming. He didn't have the puck. He's about that danger area of like three, three and a half feet away from the boards where he can come down and hit his head into it. Like, I don't know. The two minute interference there seems like uh, too little for my liking. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, Darty. I'll let you take the next one because clearly you and I have a bit of a delay going on. I've got like 0% upload speed right now, so the only delay is going to be when this show comes on. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you get you guys just take the wheel here, all right? Just throw me questions when you got something. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Here, Beaner, since you uh, you have access, can you pull up our Twitter and go to my uh, my question thing so I don't almost get kicked off again trying to pull something up on my phone? Because I know we had a number of questions. <laughs> this is this yeah, is what just happens. Give me We're just putting this together as best tail. we can. Two shakes okay. of a lamb's tail, and we'll have some questions. Your questions are coming right up, courtesy of the beer. So, first one from Mikey D. How much longer will Mitch keep up the point streak? Oh, baby. Shout out Mikey D of the Believers pod. Um, well, we got Dallas next, and then things get a little easier, I think, so... If he can get the next one and hit 20, I think it's kind of open season after that. But I think the 20 is going to be tough. I called it last episode, and I even put a little shazits down on it. Um, I think he's hitting 22 games. So I think he's going to get another point against Dallas. And he's going to get a point against... uh, Who's the next team? I don't remember. I should have had the schedule up. Um, but either way, I think it's going to end against the Flames. That should be the 22nd game. So, yeah. Is it Detroit again? 
I know they played them a couple times coming up. I will pull it up. Cool. Uh, Darty, what do you think? When's the streak ending for Mitch? He's already hit 19. Where is it going? Ooh, that's a tough question, all right? Because it's just like, I feel like the team, like, here's the thing, right? Like, we're no longer in November, so you would have thought it would end tonight, right? So, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Like, even with tonight's loss, it seems like this team is still clicking, you know? It's not like they're doing anything different. Their OT still sucks. We know that. But, you know, this this team could have e- easily beat Tampa tonight. So uh, where do I see this streak ending? Uh Give it another five games. Let's see. Give it another five games. Maybe after Christmas or something. I don't know. Ooh. That's what Steph was saying last episode. She was saying either just before or just after Christmas. Um, so our upcoming games, we have the Stars on Tuesday. We have the Kings on Thursday. Flames on Saturday. And then the Ducks the following Tuesday. So, so not Detroit. My prediction I was totally is actually right. That... <laughs> my my prediction is that the streak will end against the Ducks. So he will get one against the Flames, the Kings, and the Stars, but the Ducks will end it. Uh, that's tough. The Ducks are bad, and it's going to be one of those games of losing really shit. Um, I think that it's just becoming an untouchable record, right? Like, how is anybody... Like, besides himself and Matthews and, like, maybe... I don't even know if JT could do it, but like, who's who's even gonna come close to this? This is like he's setting a record that's that's gonna be there um, until until like the next generation of Leafs, at least. Matthew Nyes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the 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 Nyes um, era. Want to get on to another question? Sure. So next next uh, question, I'm going to kind of go a little out of order here, just because I mentioned this earlier in this episode from Jarlaxle at Jarlaxle21. Why not scratch Kerfoot for a few games? Send a message. It's not like he has trade value anymore. Yeah, this one I saw. This is tough because the only thing I've been saying is they can't scratch him because of the trade value. But at this point, what trade value does he have? So I'm kind of on board with this. Like, like you were saying, if we, once the yard gropes back, if it's take Kerfoot out to keep Robertson in, like, come on, it's, it's gotta be a no brainer at this point. Kerfoot's play has just been abysmal. Yeah. Um, and, and we've touched on a lot and Darty's mentioned it many times, how Kerfoot kind of, kind of goes that next level in the playoffs, right? And and we do need that type of player, but you can't just sit around for 82 games. You can't be a passenger. I know he's trying, and I, I never want to accuse an NHL player of not trying, but there, there's got to be some reward here for all the ice time he gets and everything, he all, all the time he plays. Oh, and he was on PP2, and he had that brutal giveaway from behind their own net that almost cost him a goal shorthanded so like i think if you're not going to bench him take him off pp2 and put somebody else in there like like you know demote him a bit within the lineup put him down to the third or fourth line cut his minutes take him off these responsibility roles like send a message if you're not going to actually take him off the ice yep no exactly um next question from Benito the Basset Hound. This is a long one. How the frick do they call off that goal and not give a power play? Also, why the heck does this team have such horrible luck in OT? And another thing, Mitch Marner is my boy and I want to hang with him and Zeus. <laughs> so. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Johnny. Um, no, no, no. You stop. Well, I was just going to say, we touched on the goal a little bit earlier. It it sucks, but we definitely do think he knew what he was doing. Yes, he got pushed or his leg got swept, however you want to say it. But there was there was definite muscle control there from John Tavares. The guy's been on skates since he was like two. So he, he knew what he was doing, and you can't do that. Okay, so then on to the power play part of it. 
we compare it to what happened with Lilligren and Kucherov, um, is should there not have been a penalty for interference there because Tavares was waiting to get the puck and he was taken out? Not interference, but there was one thousand percent a hold on Headman coming in. Okay. So I- interference, I I don't I wouldn't see that as being a call because they were all in the crease, they were all trying to get the puck. So to me, that was just hey, it's a contact sport, body contact. You're allowed to hit the puck carrier. The puck was right there, whatever. But Hedman coming in as Tavares, and how often can you say this? As Tavares blew past him, <laughs> um, Hedman definitely got the free hand in and, and held him. That that is a call that we see almost every game. Every time it happens, that is called. So that was definitely a missed one. All right, next question. And and who who wouldn't want to hang with uh, Marner and Zeus? Oh right. Next question. What Darty take us? Yeah, uh, another this this one's actually pretty good, and it gets you thinking. From Caper Leafs fan, do you think Riley will have the same green light that he had before the injury when he comes back? It seems like the Leafs don't give up nearly as many odd man rushes since he's been out. It's it's not like their OT could get any worse. <laughs> Darty's smiling. I'm sure if you heard me, because I know Riley's been pretty shit in the overtime and, you know, just wanted to make it relevant because our overtime is, you know, current at this point. Like, that's really what's still grinding my gears. But, uh, I don't know, give him green light, man. Let's go. I want all these guys fucking getting the green light. Fucking, I can't, I hate losing to Tampa. I'm, I, that's all that's on my mind right now is I want these guys the green light to not, <laughs> stop playing sloppy. <laughs> well, it's I, just like this, this kind of game, sorry, Johnny, this kind of game goes to show you along with the series last year, we can hold our own with them. Like we didn't get blown out this game. We didn't absolutely lose this game. We were in it. And, it it definitely was a very winnable game. Just a couple mind lapses and, and brain farts. Like I, I don't see as disappointed as it is, as it is to have this loss. This is one of those wins that or one of those games that I would put in the file of it's a loss. Yes. I still saw a lot of good things as silly as that sounds. People would probably chirp me for saying something like that. I, I still see a lot of good things. You think of we're missing our top three defensemen. And we're coming in off off a heater. Those are two factors that typically would spell loss. Because no winning streak will last forever. Doesn't matter what team you are. So we've been doing really well. Everything's been going our way. Something was bound to change. And we didn't get blown out. We showed up. We played. Just it it didn't go our way tonight. So I I get what you're saying. You want to beat Tampa. But uh, I'm not overly concerned with that. And with regards to the question, I know I went a little off off the rails there. Um, I'm with you. He should be given the green light. We shouldn't be changing the way he plays. Just maybe, maybe not green light. Let's say give him a caution. Give him a yellow light. Just uh, get, get, get him to tone it down just a hair and maybe pick and choose a little better. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that, look, first of all, we're missing our top two defensemen. Sorry, Jake Muslin. I think Giordano's kind of edged him out. And with what the potential is, if Muslin comes back, I don't think he's even there anymore. So we're missing our top two in Brody and Riley, and that sucks. But the other guys have really stepped up. I mean, defense wasn't really the problem a lot of these games uh, that they've been missing them. So I think, not to say like Riley has to earn his spot back because he's obviously an important member of this team is the, you know, the longest tenured leaf at this point. Um, but I think it just, it, it should light a fire under him a little that he has to kind of keep himself relevant because there are a lot of other guys that have been playing well in his absence. You know, it's not that like his spot's not guaranteed, but um, you know, maybe he takes some, some time on the, the second pair if they want to try somebody else out on the first one night, or you know, maybe they put a less defensively responsible partner with him for a bit to uh, encourage him not to be uh, pinching so close. So, you know, we'll see. 
Yeah, and I, I think you can also maybe we've been leaning on him a little too heavy because we've been a little too scared of of what the players below him in the lineup on the defense core have in them. Take a you don't have to take a lot, take a couple minutes away from him. That way he's just a little tiny bit more rested and it, it might open up his game back to the Riley we all know and love, right? Yeah, even that, even not demoting him off the first pair for any time, even just cutting his mats down. Like, he doesn't need to be like a Thomas Chabot who's playing 38 minutes a game or some shit. Like, they don't need to lead on him. Yeah. You're right. All right, I think we've got time for another question or two here. Um, I didn't see any on Discord. So next we can go to... Uh, Mike the Fanatic, can we unleash the beast that is David Camp during 3-on-3? Three three? Guy's an absolute beast 5-on-5 five five and on the PK. Why not try him and Mitch together during 3-on-3? Three three? Anything at this point. I get it. It's just like when you have... it. It's one of those things. When you have Marner, Matthews, Elander, Tavares, like how do you not... like Even if it's not working, how do you not pick that? It's like you can have a 99% chance to win this or a 90% chance and you keep losing somehow on that 10%, but it's still, you have a 90% chance of winning. Like, don't, don't change this. Like, it's just luck at this point. That's like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they do have to change something. (laughs) But like, how ridiculous is this conversation? If the Oilers go through a streak of five or six OT losses in a row and they started anyone other than McDavid and Dreisaitl in three-on-three, everyone would be blasting them. They would blast them, and then they would delete their Twitter comments like Mark Spector does. But um, (laughs) I just, um, it's going to turn around. We've all said it. There's no three-on-three in playoffs, so it's almost a mute point when it comes to the part of the season that everybody's been telling us all year. Is, that is the only part of the season that matters. So it sucks, yes. Would it be nice to get a couple more of these points? Absolutely. If this keeps up, we might end up having to play Tampa again in the first round, and it would be entirely our fault for not cashing in and banking some of these extra points. But you know what? It's, it is it it is what it is. Teams go through stretches like this. One point is better than no points, but two points is better than one point. And that is kind of... The, uh, the the final thought on all of these is like the Leafs have given up too many in OT and it's all going to come back and bite them in the ass come April. So there's not much you can say about it now. and It's going to be a big fat a toe to so when it comes up to uh, who they're playing. And you're going to say, oh, what if we just had like three or four more points? Well, <laughs> we all just watched them go away. And it's it's tough because like look, it's been a fantastic November. They still got a point out of this. They're on a crazy streak of having points in games. Like they're playing fantastically. They're, they're what third in the entire NHL. There's very 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 little to complain about. But as we keep saying, the regular season doesn't matter. It's the playoffs. And when it comes to the playoffs, all the the first round is the only thing that matters to anybody. And all that comes down to is your position in the standings. What determines your position in the standings in this sport? Points. Points. The regular season. The regular season, Johnny. People keep saying the regular season doesn't matter. Well, clearly it does when it comes to the fucking seeding. So, yes, it does matter. And if these guys couldn't get these through their fucking skulls a path three season, you need to understand. You don't, like, you don't, you don't, it's, we're, we're all, we're all, we all have to be realistic here. You have to game the system to play a team that will be adva- advantageous to you in the first round, right? But every year, it's either Boston or Tampa. And then the one time that we get, like, bonehead teams, we just fuck them off. So it's like, I don't know, like, ugh, like how to explain it. But it's like, maybe just play a little strategically more. Like, you know, everybody's losing their mind when, I, when I'm losing my mind about how crappy they played in the beginning. But it's because of what we know. It's that, like, you're going to want these those points, the easy ones. Everyone's playing like shit in the beginning because it's going to matter when, you you know, you have to play either Tampa or, you know, some bottom feeder, right? Like, <laughs> Exactly. And you hear that, uh, Columbus, Montreal, y'all are irrelevant. 
Well, Columbus, I think, is uh, about to dress the AAA Blue Jackets for tonight because their <laughs> entire roster pretty much is injured or on IR or having surgery. Are they, they talk still about hurt? injuries this year? I saw a line. Oh yeah, came they back. like they they did get Liney back, but Wierenski's out for I want to say six weeks minimum. It might even be longer than that. Like Oy. half the roster is still just just. Crazy beat up. Yarmo's just running a hospital. Oh, okay, here. There. Last thing. <laughs> Last thing before we go. Um, Kerfoot and Engvall for Brock Besser and a pick. What's your thoughts, Dirty? Do we think the Aquilinis are that fucking stupid? <laughs> like, no, that's not happening. If we if, like in our wildest dreams, that wouldn't even happen in an NHL like, like, like video game trade. Like, who who said that? The internet. <laughs> well, to start. I, we can't afford them. Let's put it that way. And right wing is not what we need. I know there are NHL players. He can play on the opposite wing if he had to, or someone could, and I'm nope, sure they can not. make it work. Nope. Nope. They are not movable. <laughs> According to Yahoo <laughs> Fantasy. Um, but, and, and nothing against the guy. He, Unfortunately, he needs a change of scenery. I think there's a lot of a lot of scar tissue there. Um, it's been very public. The the loss of his father um, has been very hard on him, and with everything going on, a lot of media pressure, the just the dumpster fire that is the Vancouver Canucks right now. A, a change of scenery would be nice, and I was actually really surprised when I heard them talking about that on the broadcast that. His agents have been given permission to talk to other teams. That's crazy. That's something I didn't expect. But with how the team's going, you could do worse than to trade someone like Besser because he's at 25 years old and a 6.6 mil cap hit. Okay, that seems high with the production he's putting on right now. But if you can get back to where everybody imagines that he is capable of getting to, you can get a haul for this guy. Yeah, because if he's playing up to his potential, he's underpaid. The problem is he's at a point where they're trying to healthy scratch him because he's not performing. But, I mean, who in Vancouver is at this point? Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes? That's about it. Bo, Bo, Horvat Bo Horvat is, but he needs a contract. Yeah. So Bo Horvat's playing himself out of Vancouver. Anyway. All right, so we're looking ahead. Next game is, I already forgot who we're playing, Dallas. Uh, Battle of the <laughs> Robertsons. What is the prediction? Because uh, I've got Jason on one of my fantasy teams, and this dude can't stop scoring. Yeah, I um, I think the Leafs will probably fall short on that one, as much as I hate to say it. Um. High scoring, low the, scoring. The stars have been definitely high scoring. The stars have been a little bit of a wagon lately. Um, Jamie Ben looks like he might actually be relevant still. And as you said, Robertson's scoring like every game. He's basically Matthews from last year. Oh, the Dallas Stars are playing. Yep, Jason Robertson's getting a goal. And go from there. If they put Otter in net, there's a chance that you know, you might not get any against them. But uh, with my prediction of Marner hitting 22 games, we're going to get at least one goal. Marner's going to get in on it. But I, I it's going to be, to me, it has a feeling of like a 5-4 game or something like that. See, I'm leaning more on the side of it's It's going to be like a 3-1. They get a power play goal, but, you know, Robertson and Hintz or something are able to capitalize. Like, I, I just think this is going to be a tough one, and I'm not trying to be a, a negative Nancy. Say the Leafs are going to lose this because Dallas is great, but just honestly, um, I just I don't see it happening. 
just with the amount of injuries they've got and how offensively powerful Dallas has been and how great Jake Ottinger's been. Um, I don't know. Matt Murray's good, but well, like, it took, took a couple weird hits to the head tonight. Yeah, we'll probably see Sammy start. Um, like they won't, they probably won't say anything about it, but he was run. Murray was run tonight. He had his head clipped, you know, give him an extra game off. It's not like we really have to worry about getting starts in because that their whole plan at the start of the season for the starts that these guys were going to get has probably been thrown out the window with the injuries anyways. No kidding. Eric Shawkins, I think still got more starts than Sammy and Murray. Which is just mind boggling. Like I, I really do think that with how well everything's been going since we had the entire defense core go down. Yes. Lily Hall and Sandine have played awesome. Giorano has played awesome. We've also got a hell of a lot of puck luck on our side in the last couple of weeks that we don't normally get yet again, not trying to sound negative, not trying to, you know, say we can't win or anything like that, but things tend to kind of even out, come back to average. Right. And yeah, you're not going to see uh, four recalled goals in a week for the Leafs again. <laughs> right. Don't like we're, don't we're wish that on do us, for... Don't put that out there. We're we're not wishing it. Just we we had a talk. Uh, what was it last game about hockey karma? Right, and not that they've done anything to anger the hockey gods, but th- things have to even out a little bit. And as much as I don't want it to happen, I want them to keep winning. I can just see it it going a little going a little more neutral over the next game or two and maybe the boys have to work a little harder and the injuries start to show a little bit which it can only be a good thing helps build your strength and get you guys solidified as a team to know what you're capable of when shit hits the fan yeah i think that's a, a great way to put it i think it's just going to be more of a battle the next couple of games uh with just the the luck starting to run out and a little more of the effort taking uh, effect so it'll be good to see that like they have the potential to win these games. Like there's no reason they can't. It's just it's gonna be a little harder, I think. Absolutely. So we'll see you after that one. And uh till next time, this has been Leafs Late Night. Remember to subscribe, like, follow, all that jazz at Leafs Late Night. We're on YouTube, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, all the places you get it. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Get our merch over at inside the rink.com i'm wearing one of our sweaters right now it is so comfortable have a good night everybody oh yeah